You've got to tune to the afternoon show. It's listener-powered KEXP. Kevin Cole with you down in the uh, performance space, and uh, just am so pleased and excited to have Iron and Wine live on the show. Hey, Kevin. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be back. Yeah, it's great having you here, and I think first time in the new home. Yeah, I was... I like what you've done with the place. That's good, right? Very <laughs> <Pretty> nice. <laughs> so um, do you mind introducing the band, Sam? And sure. And then uh, going into a couple songs? Sure. I've got uh, some, some new friends around. This is um, on the piano and singing is my good friend, Miss Eliza Hardy-Jones. Over on the cello is Mr. Teddy Rankin-Parker. On the bass is Mr. Sebastian Steinberg. And behind the drums and also singing her heart out is Miss Beth Goodfellow. Welcome. Well, it's great to have you all here uh, in the studio again, Iron and Wine, doing a sold-out show at the Moore Theater tonight and uh, doing a show for everybody right now on KEXP. Say it's here where our pieces fall in place In it rain softly kisses us on the face and it wind means we're running we can sleep and see them coming where we drift and call it dreaming we can weep and call it Thank you. 
next song is called About a Bruise. joy and playfulness in that song. <laughs> we try. <laughs> Iron and Wine, live on the afternoon show. A sold-out show tonight at the Moore Theater, as I mentioned, playing in uh, Eugene tomorrow at McDonald Theater and then in Portland at the Aladdin Theater on uh, Friday night. So, Sam, it's been uh, four years since the last studio album, Ghost on Ghost, and uh, but you've been really pretty busy, at least yeah. on paper. On paper. <laughs> <laughs> Much better than in life. <laughs> You've released a, a Rarities collection called uh, Archive Series Volume 1 that kind of rarities around the first album. Mm-hmm. Uh, a covers album with uh, our friend uh, Ben Bridwell. Yeah. Uh, a duets record with Jessica Hoop. And you started a record label. <laughs> yeah. And now I have this new album um, that is, uh, is really beautiful, uh, Beast Epic, that is kind of a return to more of a stripped-down sound. And I was wondering if working on the Archive series yeah. 
and uh, those earlier songs had anything to do with kind of informing the approach you took on, on it the def- new record. It definitely did, yeah. Actually, all three of those projects had a lot to do with it. Um, yeah, revisiting old material, um, you know, hearing myself and what my voice naturally does uh, as a team player in those other collaborative projects, you know, just sort of let me take a breath and say, you know what, it's okay to stop to stop searching for this new always looking around the corners just let's just enjoy being in the moment that we're in um and so yeah they were they were all really influential had had you felt like uh like that like you weren't necessarily in the moment or just kind of breathing into the songs uh you know with a different approach or in the last couple um i mean i feel like i'm just kind of a restless artist creative type anyway you know you're always looking for something new rather than um just sitting and cooking in <laughs> what yeah. you've already made. It's about discovery, really, the process for me. Yeah, to what extent uh, do the nature of the songs themselves kind of inform the approach or sound you take? Well, it's funny that you say that because I think that had a lot to do with the sound of this record, too. I think they were they were really introspective songs, and I feel like I wanted to showcase that by you know making the, the sonic atmosphere a little bit quieter, yeah. a little more subservient to what the song was saying. When sometimes in the past it's been fun to create contrast, you yeah. know, be having a, a gentle message, but but put in this kind of raucous, strange musical atmosphere says something different than if you have like these gentle um, acoustic guitars. And so I've enjoyed playing with that in the past, but I also enjoyed playing, you know, just a softer side and showcase what the songs were about. Yeah, it's it's a, a beautiful sounding album and uh, one that uh, gets you to focus on the lyrics. Mm. The singing also stands out, but also Thanks. it's a lot about a vibe, I think. Yeah, it's a vibe. Um, there's also a lot of, of dissonance in it, too. You're playing with that kind of the combination of these softer sounds and also some you know sonic dissonance. But at the same time, the approach is a gentle... A quieter, more meditative record. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. Uh, listening to it, um, you recorded it mostly live, I think. Yeah, it was all live. Yeah, a couple overdubs and stuff, but and uh, using the uh, Wilco's Loft Studio in Chicago. Yeah, we got the keys. Nice. <laughs> Does that inform the sound too, or do you go, "Hey, I got these ideas, and I want to go to this studio because I know it's the right environment." Um. I think there are people who do that. Yeah. <laughs> I got the keys and it seemed like a great idea because a lot of the people I was playing with were in Chicago, um, so they just had to walk down the street. Nice. And um, But it also created a vibe, like you say. Um, it's a real cozy studio, and um, I think it informs a lot of the sound of the record. I wanted a human-sounding record, and I enjoy humans playing together, not on computer. I mean, I like computer music too, don't get me wrong, but for what I was trying to achieve with this record, I thought it was really important to have takes. You weren't going after a Giorgio Moroder or LCD sound system? <laughs> I was, approach. but just not very successfully, so I just gave up. <laughs> it wasn't the time for the, the uh, Iron and Wine disco album. Uh, yeah, man, just mark your calendar. Uh, yeah, that, I can't wait. Um, so, uh, what about the band then? Like, um, perform live primarily so do you put the the right players together your sort of dream team and then go in this is a highly trained group of commando assassin <laughs> musicians yeah yeah <laughs> sonic death team <laughs> yeah uh that's the that's the trick it's to find people that you enjoy the sounds that that they make give them some space to 
express themselves and also just, yeah, there's a lot of serendipity involved. You know, you just hope for the right combination of, of spirits and mm -hmm. sometimes it works. Yeah. Um, you said something really interesting about the new album where you, you describe it as, or, or said that the beauty and pain of growing up after you, you've already grown up. That's how you kind of <laughs> described it. Yeah. The beauty and pain of growing up after you've already grown up. And that's, that's a cool line. And I was wondering if you could explain what you were. Oh, sure. I mean, I just remember being, I mean, I'm not, I'm hardly old, <laughs> but I was younger at one point. Um, and You've I been making albums like 15 years, though, right? Yeah, it's been yeah. a minute. It's been yeah, a minute. that's good. <laughs> I mean, you're young. Yeah, but, yeah. But I try. Experience. <laughs> I try. Uh, but, you know, I remember being younger and, and having this idea that there was some doorway that you would eventually pass through and be able to look back and say, oh, well, now I got it all figured out. But you don't. You just realize there's another door beyond that and another door, and you just keep on walking over hills. And, um, and so that's what a lot of the record's about. Um, uh, how the journey keeps going um, and you can celebrate your victories and understand the losses too. Yeah, th that's kind of the beauty of uh, evolving or yeah. aging, right? In that uh, I don't know anybody or many who would say they <laughs> would want to go back. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know. Um, it seem to work that way. And you certainly have a different perspective like in your 20s. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, you realize it is kind of uh, an evolution and... Yeah, yeah. You get to carry with you all that you've experienced. Yeah, yeah. It would be cool to be able to go back and tell the 20-year-old me what you knew, but I'm not sure he would listen. Yeah, what, what, what might you say? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on tight. Yeah. So um, you've packed a lot in those years of making music, and you also now have five daughters. Yeah. How does that influence it? The music that you make well i mean it influences my whole life my whole perspective yeah. on being alive uh, and so inevitably that filters its way into the songs um uh it's hard to say specifically because you know i don't know who i would be without them yeah um what about the changing political climate like as as a dj <clears throat> um through the obama years i couldn't play uh certain records like uh the beastie boys um to the five boroughs. And I, I played that uh, a couple of weeks ago again because I realized, you know, this was sort of a Bush record at the mm. time um, and really a political statement. And, uh, um, and again, it didn't sound right during a different era and then it suddenly sounds good again. Mm. Um, and I wondered to what extent as an artist that may, you, you might look back at some of your songs that were maybe written at certain times because I know you had said about The Shepherd's Dog that it wasn't necessarily a political album or songs, but some of those songs related to what was going on in the world. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really a, a political statement, but I think my whole perspective and what informed a lot of the dark, surreal imagery on that, um, uh, on that record was born out of just growing up and feeling like you understood the people around you in a, in a way... Uh, but then when Bush got reelected, and I saw later all these like obviously things yeah, going yeah. wrong, I realized that I didn't understand people around me. It's this, you know, feeling the floor come out from under you. And so that's how a lot of those more darker imagery, uh, the more darker image, images on that record came about. And so it was born out of like a political confusion. But yeah, it was hardly a political record. The next album is going to be really dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's the strangest thing is I feel like it, things are so surreal now that it's almost boring to say. You know, it's almost like ridiculous yeah. to, to point at, at a, 
at the color red and say, that's red. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's almost yeah, you're uh, lying. debilitating, <laughs> where I'd rather talk about something good. Yeah, so, yeah, so for me, I was wondering, as an artist, uh, do you then... Did, did those songs sound out of place or weird for you for a while, and then you can bring them back when you... Uh... Um, they, it's, you know, I don't know if they sound weird or out of place, but they definitely um, have different weight and different gravity, yeah, depending on what's going on in my personal life or, or with the you know, sort of broader social, you know, uh, landscape. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's different. They, 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 they bring different things to the table as they age and as we age, I mean, just like most of the people in your life, most of the relationships in your yeah. life. Do you ever find that uh, songs reveal themselves later? Yeah, yeah, for better or for worse. Yeah, <laughs> where suddenly it's like, oh, no. It, and it could be just your perspective changing, as you mentioned. Yeah, I think it's what we bring to them, yeah. Yeah. It's Iron and Wine live on the afternoon show. Um, the uh, live shows that you're doing on this tour are... Uh, Obviously, a lot from the new record, but are you pulling from... Uh... Yeah, yeah, we pull, do a lot of old, nice. dust off a lot of old songs. It's fun to, um, especially with a new group of musicians, to uh, bring an old song to um, a group that doesn't have the same history with it that I, that I have and see what they, nice. they bring um, out of me. It's fun. Yeah. It's, real, it's a lot of fun. Well, looking forward to uh, to the show, and uh, again, Iron and Wine new album is uh, is wonderful. It's called Beast Epic, and uh, do you mind playing a few more? Sure. Thanks for the kind words, Kevin. Oh, you bet. This one's called Summer Clouds. Summer clouds blowing up and down the stairs. By the end, we'll take music from the board. Give it back, shining, broken. By the end, we get 
song is called Thomas Keone Law. It's about being from a small town, accepting and rejecting your own origins, <laughs> which is a unique, maybe unique, but it's definitely a common American experience. Also playing out of tune is a common American experience. Iron and Wine live on the afternoon show. Tooth. 
Beautiful. It's Iron and Wine live on the afternoon show. Thomas County Law and uh, Summer Clouds, two songs from the uh, new album, Beast Epic. Beautiful sounding record that I uh, forgot to mention is on Sub Pop. Yeah, yeah. Back, back on Sub Pop. Back with my buddies. That's great. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for, uh, for taking time out of the day to uh, play thank for you. KXP. Thank you, Kevin. It's always a pleasure to be back. Yeah, it's great having you here. So uh, again, Iron and Wine playing at the Moor tonight. That show is sold out. And then down in uh, Eugene on Thursday, Portland on Friday, and a whole bunch of people here to thank. Uh, first of all, thank you all again. Yeah, thank you, yeah. And then uh, helping out, we got Jim, Justin, and Scott on video, uh, Allie taking photos, Kevin Suggs engineering, Greta running the board, and Nancy and John doing hospitality. And a huge thanks to all the KEXP donors who make uh, in-studio sessions like this one with Iron and Wine possible. It's the afternoon show, KEXP.